Hey, what's up everyone? I'm Grant Cohn. This is my instant reaction to the Niners win. First off, the last time I did a live thing, my mic was all messed up. So let me know if the sound is okay at this point or if I need to adjust it. Uh, that's what I want to ask you first. Now I want to talk to you about all my thoughts about the game. And I think the first question on everyone's mind is, are the 49ers good? Last week I just showed my dad and I asked, you know, how many good teams are there in the league? I asked a few people this and everyone kept saying three. Three good teams in the league. Kansas City, Buffalo, Philly. Are the Niners now one of the good teams in the league? Well, on the one hand, they just beat the crap out of an opponent. That's a good sign. On the other hand, the Niners are 3-2. and two. And I'm not sure that beating the Panthers by any amount means that you're good. But if you lose to the Panthers, it might mean you're not good. If you squeak by the Panthers, it might be bad. So, so far, so good. There was only so much the Niners could prove against Carolina, and they proved all of it. So I think it's probably too early to say the Niners are good. Although if they could play like this every week, then yeah, they're freaking good. If they could play like this every week, you know what I'm saying? But I don't know that they can. There's a certain amount of luck that went into it. The Niners keep getting a lot of injuries. And let's be fair, Carolina freaking sucks. From the coach to the quarterback. Now the quarterback's a lot like Jimmy, but the coach really sucks. I saw a stat that the Panthers have lost 25 consecutive games where the opponent scored at least 17 points. There's a problem there. So you can't really throw a parade because the Niners beat Carolina. That being said, the statement they made is that uh, they can really beat the crap out of bad teams, even with this offense that is not the greatest because the defense scores seven points a game. Although Emmanuel Mosley got hurt, that's not good. But, um, I mean, Nick Bosa went down and the defense didn't miss a beat. That's a good sign. Eric Armstead and Javon Kinlaw didn't play. The Niners' defense shut down the run. Three-fourths of their starting defensive line. All three first-round picks out, and the defense is like, you didn't even notice. Drake Jackson, great. Charles Amenehu, great. So um, the defense is really good. The offense just put up a lot of points. Um, and now they get to play Atlanta next week. See what they do. But again, the Niners should be 5-0 and right now. They should be 6-0. and counting next week, but they'll probably be 4-2, which is better than 3-3. Three and three. Um, Still, though, hard to say a team is good until they've faced another good team. And so far, the Niners, I don't think they've faced a playoff caliber team. And it's a little disconcerting they lost to Chicago and Denver, but now it feels like those losses were a long time ago. If they can beat Arizona, uh, Atlanta like they should, great. Then they got Kansas City. Kansas, what's, what's rough about that is you were hoping to have Jimmy Ward back for that game to cover Travis Kelsey. Now you don't know. I mean, you really would like to have Nick Bosa for that game to pressure Patrick Mahomes. Now you don't know. We'll see. Emmanuel Mosley, you don't know. Oh, you might not. He might not have Emmanuel Mosley the rest of the year. Um, so I guess the real tests are going to come. The Niners have a bunch of playoff caliber, bunch of playoff caliber opponents on their schedule waiting for them. And uh, really, this was the easiest part of the schedule. And it's too bad the Niners gave away two games, but say la vie, they didn't give away this one, huh? I was waiting to go out in the locker room, and I was overhearing the uh, Panthers broadcast, their 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 uh, radio broadcast, and they were trying to like put lipstick on a pig. They were trying to, you know, you know, I'm not saying the Panthers could have won, but if you just if four plays went differently, I like four. How about sixteen? If four plays went differently, that the, the, the Panthers could have won this. Imagine covering the Panthers. They're definitely not good. They should just fire their coach like now. If the offense could continue to play like this, 
uh, with that defense, they'll be beyond scary. True. I'm just not sure the offense can continue to do it, but they did it today. Milf Hunter says Emmanuel Mosley out for the year, put in Womack. What's up, Milf Hunter? Um, glad the sound is good. McGlinchey was bad his last season, uh, gray this season. I'm not a uh, Mike McGlinchey fan. I don't like the way he plays. I, I don't think he's good. So I think any success the Niners have on the offensive line a lot of time is schemed up. Okay, let's talk about Jimmy Garoppolo. Is Jimmy Garoppolo improving? You might say yes. You might think, and maybe you're right, that you know Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't turned the ball over in two consecutive games. That's growth. Because, no, he's never going to be elite. But if he could just be a mature veteran game manager, he could be good enough to win a Super Bowl the way other mature veteran game managers have in the past. And that's by not turning the ball over. It seems pretty clear that if Jimmy doesn't turn the ball over, the Niners are probably going to win. And he hasn't turned the ball over in two consecutive games. Is that growth? Well, I don't know. You watch the games. It seems to me that he's gotten a little lucky the last two weeks. That in, uh, Both against the Rams and the Panthers, he threw multiple passes in each game that could have got intercepted. That weren't. And that's football. I'm not saying, like, downgrade him because he almost threw a pick. No, no. I'm, I'm great. You know? Live dangerously. But these things even out. I don't think he's grown. I, th- I still think he forces too many passes over the middle. I think he stares down a lot of his receivers. And he throws a really feathery ball. And he's not that accurate. He misses. So he gives the other team a couple opportunities every game. And for two consecutive weeks, the other team has let interceptions bounce off their chest or hit their hands and, and not, not, not gotten the interception. So good for Jimmy. I don't know that he's throwing the ball differently. Maybe he's got special Vaseline on the ball. No, I, there's nothing. No, I don't see growth. But I, I don't see growth, I guess I, is what I want to say. You know, he's been good enough the last two games, but I think he's playing with fire as he always is. He's the arsonist. He's playing with fire. And it's just a matter of time before a team doesn't drop the interception. So I think Kyle did a good job calling plays for Jimmy because Kyle's gotten in a groove the last few years of you know, screens and stuff over the middle. Everyone knows it, and they're going to take that away. And those passes over the middle are going to get intercepted. So when it was third down, Kyle kept calling these uh, deep throws up the sideline for tight ends and running backs, which were that was brilliant. It's a great way to get Jimmy Garoppolo to throw the ball down the field. Still, though, every time he throws over the middle, does he go like, I do. To me, really, I don't think there's that big of a difference between Baker Mayfield and Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, Baker throws a little bit harder. Jimmy has a bit of a quicker release, but both guys are dying to give the ball away to the other team. Both of them. I mean, they're like brothers from another mother. Jimmy's a little taller. You know? Better team around him. People don't seem to like Baker. So, I don't know. Maybe you guys see improvement from Jimmy Garoppolo, but I don't. And that's why I guess I don't want to go overboard with this game. Like, hey, they beat Carolina. They're going to the Super Bowl. Jimmy's going to the Pro Bowl. Like, eh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but it is great that he hasn't thrown a pick in two consecutive games. Let's see if he can keep it going. Let's see if he can keep it going and improve that way. Because that's the only way I see him improving. Amtai 99 says, Gotta love Jimmy and Kyle proving critics wrong by throwing a streak to Tevin Coleman, not Gray or Ayuk. But hey, Jimmy could throw 50-50 balls to running backs, fullbacks or running backs. Well, I think what was happening is um, J.C. Horn was kicking the Niners wide receivers' asses. He's really good. And the other guy they had opposite him is good too. But J.C. Horn left the game midway through with a hip injury and then uh, things opened up for the wide receivers. But I think Kyle noticed, like, my wide receivers aren't winning. Um, 
maybe I'll throw to my running backs and tight ends. I mean, brilliant. Super, super smart. But, yeah, I think there was – J.C. Horn had something to say about that. Um, got you, got you, got you. King Geo says, who told you about Huff four months before the draft? Was it you? I'll give you, I'll give you the credit. I don't remember, but I think it was you. Milf Hunter says, who would have thought Coleman would be RB2? LOL. I know. I want to talk about Tevin Coleman in a minute. Uh, what a performance. Really impressed and inspired by him. Nathan says, let's see how long screens and slants can continue. Uh, his play, prayers up for E-Man. These injuries are tough. Hope Bosa's not out for too long. Go 49ers. Yeah, I think it's cool that Kyle's adding to the slants and screens offense because that's gotten figured out. You got to have more than that. One more thing with Jimmy Garoppolo. He made news over the weekend. He did a podcast with The Athletic, and he revealed a couple of things that he hadn't said previously. One, he says that his shoulder injury is still affecting him and that it's going to affect him all year and that coming back from this injury is actually pretty difficult. And it does, it, just because he's playing right now doesn't mean he's anywhere near 100%, and this is going to be something he manages all year, and it's uncharted territory for him. That's good to know. Um, it does feel like Jimmy Garoppolo always has a built-in excuse no matter what. And so now he has an, an excuse for the rest of the season, no matter what. So if he plays pretty well, it's like, wow, what a trooper playing through all these injuries. And if he doesn't play well, it's like, well, you know, his shoulder hurts. And he wasn't there for, for the offseason. Um, so that's one. The other thing is that he said the Niners kind of made it seem like Jimmy didn't have to be there this offseason in, in, in training camp. Jimmy said he had to be there. He wanted to be in L.A. rehabbing. The Niners made him be here. Now, maybe it's, I think it's an NFL league thing that if the Niners had let Jimmy Garoppolo be away from the facility during training camp, they would have had to find him. The NFL would have forced them to find him. So maybe that's what it was. But Jimmy made it pretty clear. He did not want to be at training camp. The Niners made him be there. And then the Niners made it seem like he could be in the meetings if he wanted to. No. The Niners made it seem like they didn't want him in the meetings. They said, you can't be in the meetings. Jimmy said, no, that wasn't the case at all. He just didn't want to be in the meetings. Didn't want to be in the team. Didn't want to be in the meetings. And his arm's going to be affecting the rest of the year. So that's news. And it seems to me like, you know, the Niners really misplayed this. You didn't want Jimmy Garoppolo in the meetings, but you wanted him on your team. If you wanted him to be your backup quarterback, he should have been in the meetings. He didn't say no meetings. No way. He did. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm getting confused. It just seems like. The Niners wanted Jimmy, but didn't act like they wanted Jimmy. They're the ones that kept him on the team. And then they're the ones that said, don't come to meetings. Wait, hold on. I keep getting confused. Forget what I said. <laughs> anyway, that's what he said. I don't even know what he said. Can you tell I didn't listen to the interview? Someone summarize it for me. Glass half full guy says any free agent secondary pickup Niners can possibly get. No, not really. Oh, Josh Norman, Richard Sherman, Alberto, thank you. Man, I really confused myself. It's late. Seth Harvey says I'm a big Jimmy G hater, but he played pretty good today. Lots of drop passes. He won't keep it up though. LOL. I feel, still think we do a stinker against ATL. Yeah, I thought he was pretty good today. I was pretty good. I like the way he played. Pretty good. Uh, hold on. <gasps> Oh, man. This has been a really long weekend. I was in upstate New York, and now I'm here. And he played better than Stafford today. Stafford's terrible. Mm. I'm talking about the quarterback meetings in training camp. Remember? The 49ers said, oh, yeah, we don't, we don't want Jimmy Garoppolo to be in those meetings. Isn't that what they said? It was our, No, we don't want Jimmy to be in there. Jimmy said he didn't want to be there. He didn't want to be in the meetings. They forced him. 
to be at the training facility and throw. He wanted to rehab in L.A., but they did not let him be in the meeting rooms. I don't get it. Either you want him on the team or you don't. Either you need him as your backup or you don't want him there. Very strange. Very strange. What is that? Okay, moving on. I think that was the gist of the interview. Nick Bosa's injury. So we don't know the extent of Nick Bosa's injury yet. I do think it's interesting that it's a groin injury. He had a groin slash core injury in college that was serious and wiped out his season. I don't know if it's related. But I, what I do think is interesting also is how the Niners defense didn't miss a beat without him. The Niners have a really good defense. And it's not just him. It's not just the pass rush. There were a lot of sacks in this game where they were coverage sacks. Baker Mayfield had time and he looked around and didn't see anyone and tried to run around and just ended up running into a sack four seconds or five seconds into the play. Cover sacks. And then you have the other ones where, you know, Nick Bosa gets there or any number of defensive linemen. I think it's really interesting how replaceable even the best defensive linemen are on this team. Now, maybe they'll need Bosa when they go against better offenses, but I think it's pretty clear. At least the way defenses are evolving, the, the linebackers and defensive backs play 100% of the snaps, but the defensive linemen are rotational players. They are platoon players because it's a high-effort position, and very few guys are elite at rushing the quarterback and stopping the run. So instead of trying to find that perfect defensive lineman and give them all the money, why don't you just rotate guys? Get some run stuffers and some pass rushers. That's what the Niners did in the second half, and it worked. Uh, so I'm not really concerned about the defense if Nick Bosa misses a few games. They may not beat Kansas City. They'll probably need Nick Bosa down the stretch in the playoffs to win a Super Bowl, but I, they didn't seem to think that he's going to miss the season. So maybe this will be good for the 49ers. You know, a, a few weeks without their best players so they can build the confidence that they don't need him. Because frankly, I don't think they do most weeks. We saw what that defense looked like. I mean, Traverius Ward, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, Samson Ebukam, Charles Amenahu, Deshaun, uh, excuse me, Talanoa Hufunga, Deshaun, the defense is stacked. So hopefully it's just nothing for uh, Nick Bosa. Hopefully it's not the whole season. It's just a, it's just a nothing burger or a couple of weeks. Um, but if they have to play without him, defense isn't going to be bad all of a sudden. I, that's a really good thing to realize. Isn't that a confidence booster? It's rough to, to lose players to injury, but it's good to know that the team doesn't fall apart if one guy gets hurt. Who is the better coordinator today, Kyle Shanahan or D'Amico Ryans? Um, I'm going to say Kyle, just because he had a bigger challenge. He was going against a decent defense. D'Amico is going against a pathetic, a pathetic offense. And that's not his fault, but there's only so much he could do a lot of that was just Baker Mayfield being Baker Mayfield. Uh, Gio, was that? Glojo says convince Baker's just a less attractive Jimmy. Exactly! He's like Jimmy's ugly little brother. <laughs> Glass half full guy says any chance not to trade for Burns or Brown? Nah, they don't have picks to trade. Alberto says big fan from Mexico. Keep it going. Run the ball. Thank you, Alberto. I appreciate it. All right, let's talk more injuries. Jimmy Ward's hand injury. Jimmy Ward broke his hand in the first play of the game. It was bizarre. I'm watching warm-ups, and Gibson is the starting free safety. So I'm thinking, okay, uh, Jimmy Ward's not going to start this game. Then he's out there at linebacker on the first play, outside linebacker, and it's a run. 
and it comes to him, and he breaks his hand. What the hell was that? We talked yesterday, you and me, about being careful with Jimmy Ward. Hadn't played in a while, wasn't in football shape. You don't need him against Carolina. You need him in two weeks against Kansas City. He started at linebacker? That was avoidable. That didn't need to happen. So, uh, hopefully he comes back. I mean, maybe he'll play with a, a cast on his hand. Who knows? I've seen players do that before. But this is a coverage specialist who needs to use his hands. And now he broke his hand defending a run. Playing linebacker. Really unnecessary. Quite unnecessary. He wasn't the nickelback in this game. He wasn't the free safety. He didn't need to play. Hopefully it's not a big deal and he comes back soon. But uh, it sucks when players, when one injury happens after another because then you can never get in football shape. He really hasn't played football since late August. So... Not ideal that he broke his hand, and definitely this was the most avoidable of the injuries. Bosa's injury, uh, Moe's injury were not avoidable, but this one? Whose idea was it to play Jimmy Ward at, li- at linebacker? Was that D'Amico or was that Kyle? Feels like a Kyle thing. So, you know, so smart. Oh, this will really get him. I don't know. So, uh, we'll, we'll see what the MRI says tomorrow with Jimmy Ward, but that's the one that's going to bother me as the season goes on. If he misses serious time and they get lit up, by tight ends, when they finally face a good offense, because they haven't faced a good offense yet. It's a great defense, but we don't know how great because they haven't faced a good offense or a good quarterback yet. The best quarterback the Niners have faced so far this year, Geno Smith. They got Patrick Mahomes in two weeks. Next week they got Marcus Mariota, though. He's not going to do nothing. Um, Jawan Jennings is a gamer. Had some clutch catches, but the way anyone's seen, by the way, anyone's seen Romilia quiet last two weeks, if only the Niners can stay healthy. Yeah, if only the Niners can stay healthy, man. They didn't today. Glory says, I'm going to shut up about Wilson and Coleman. They all right. Yeah, they are all right. They're cool. They're cool. G-Code says, Niners running away NFC West. West team struggled. I mean, they're 3-2. and two. They're not exactly running away with it yet, but uh, maybe. They look, they look like clearly the best team in the NFC West. All right. Emmanuel Mosley's knee injury. Saw him in the... Uh, locker room after the game, he was on crutches. It doesn't look good. Um, probably has a torn MC- ACL, but they'll give him an MRI tomorrow and find out for sure. So that's rough. He had a pick six today. He was playing, like, he's not quite as good as Traverius Ward, but he's right there. When he had that pick six, I'm thinking, oh man, this guy's going to get such a big payday next year. Such a big payday. Then he mm, seems to have torn his ACL. That sucks. Now he probably won't get a big payday. Now this guy might stick around with the Niners next year. Well, getting ahead of myself. Let's stick with replacing Emmanuel Mosley. Um, I think fans would hope it's Jason Verrett. I posted a video of Jason Verrett uh, warming up on the field before the game. He doesn't look ready. He did two little jogs and kept reaching for his knee. I don't know what that means, but it doesn't look good. Um, So, Ambry Thomas or Samuel Womack. They'll probably go with Ambry Thomas because they don't trust rookies unless they absolutely have to play him. And Ambry Thomas played last year. But I don't know. I'm going out in the limb and saying Samuel Womack's better. He was the nickel early on in the season. He played well outside in the uh, preseason. Ambry Thomas was just the worst player in training camp. The worst player. He was awful. I mean, he must have given up like an 85% completion percentage. So... Be careful with Ambry Thomas. He's going to get targeted a lot. And we'll see how good this defense can be without Emmanuel Mosley. I mean, Diamador Lenore was getting picked on a little bit in this game in the slot. 
and Ambry Thomas got picked on all of training camp. So it's it. I mean, you got Traverius Ward, but if you have two other corners you can target, Ward just plays, you know, covers no one. I mean, he covers someone, but never gets any action. So all of a sudden, the replacement for Mosley is key. If he's good enough, the Niners are in business. If not, they're in trouble. Um, Ambry Thomas was good enough last year. I think Samuel Womack will be, is even better than him. So they should be okay. But this is the big one. Because with Mosley and uh, Ward, the Niners had two of the best corners in the league. Now they don't. Double B Studio says Kyle brought his playbook after all the criticism. He did. Absolutely. And it really helped that the Panthers weren't ever going to do anything on offense. Really took a lot of the pressure off the 49ers. Ambry or Womack for corner? I would go Womack. You know the Niners are going Ambry. You know what I mean? Still no action from Mason. Come, uh, Ward came in too soon. I, I definitely thought Ward came in too soon. First play got hurt. Yeah, Mason should be the short yardage back. Paul Third said O-line wasn't an A grade. A lot of QB pressure allowed. Yeah, I mean, two sacks without Trent Williams. 5.3 yards per carry. Maybe I graded on a curve. But two sacks without Trent Williams? I was expecting a, a lot worse of a performance, actually. Maybe I have low expectations. The announcers called Jennings speedy. Oh, that was funny. Good player, though. Man, he's tough to tackle. Wow. Um, did Burfer play today? I don't think so. I think it was Brunskill, which was the right call. All right. Let's talk about the Tevin Coleman revival experience. I owe Tevin Coleman an apology. I wrote him off in 2019. To be fair, he wasn't good in 2019. Where was this? In 2019. He had more speed and explosion and burst today than I've seen from him since he was in Atlanta. And it's like three years later. Someone explain that to me. I don't get it. All of a sudden, he looks like a legit like receiving threat out of the backfield. Not a great ball carrier, but he did have a 14-yard touchdown run. He got to the edge. He looked pretty fast on that run. Maybe if they start running him outside instead of between the tackles, he'll actually be good. I... I love seeing a older football player revive their career. I mean, this guy was on the practice squad. And what's funny is the Niners signed Marlon Mack to their active roster. They signed Tevin Coleman to their practice squad. But then Marlon Mack, they make an active every week. And Tevin Coleman, they call up and he's their number two running back. He's not even on the team, technically. He's on the practice squad. They call him up and he's good. Two touchdowns from a practice squad guy today. That's crazy. But this is about the time of the year when Kyle Shanahan figures out who to, who to use and when on offense. It takes him half a season. But now he's figuring out that Tevin Coleman is a factor on this team. Tevin Coleman is someone who's going to get six to eight carries and three to five targets. That's a, that's a significant role on the team. Kyle just figured that out. Good for him. He's also figuring out how to get the ball to Ayuk, how to get the ball to Kittle, when to go to Juwan Jennings. So this, this offense is improving because it's going through that annual period of Kyle figuring out what he has. It takes him longer than it, than it takes D'Amico Ryans, but offense is a lot of choreography. Um, anything else I want to say about Tevin Coleman? That catch he made at the sideline was amazing. He wasn't even open. He was being guarded by a DB. Jimmy threw it up for grabs because he got hit by like seven people on the same play, and he caught it. Wow. And after the game, someone asked Tevin Coleman if he ever doubted himself you know, given all the bad things that have happened in his career the last few years, and he said, yeah, absolutely, which was a quite endearing thing for a professional athlete to say. So congratulations, Tevin, and I'm sorry for writing you off, and I hope I 
motivated you to do this tonight because this was a legendary performance, man. You, you, your career was in the coffin, and now you're a key member of this team. For the, I mean, like, for the first time in your career, you are a, you are a uh, serious positive factor on the 49ers. And they've paid him a lot of money. They're paying him nothing now. And now he's making that money. So good for Tevin. That's cool. Uh, we got that. One more. Did Burford play? Got you. Hold on. Glass half full guy says, my only issue with Kittle is his overaggressiveness gets unnecessary hits and fumbles like today. Yeah, I mean, he made some nice contested catches. Kittle's a big guy, and he can get, you know, some momentum, and he makes his good hands. But what I don't see from him is the stop-start, the burst, the explosion. And that's what separated him when he was younger. He was 250 pounds, and he, you could throw him a screen pass. I mean, his burst to separate from coverage to s separate after the catch was unreal for a tight end. Now, he's making contested catches. Uh... Which is okay. So you saw what they did with him was instead of having him make like a quick cut, they had him running crossing routes off play action. Smart, smart. But why is he struggling to burst? Well, he had a groin injury. A few. I mean, that's not gonna just because he's playing doesn't mean he's one hundred percent healthy. So with the groin injury, that takes away all of your quickness and and your ability to go from zero to sixty in two seconds, right? So that's what we're seeing from him. At least he at least they found ways to get on the ball early on, and then he fumbled. Stop trying, to try, stop trying to do so much after the catch because he's not, you know, getting away from defenders. They're all over him. Kyle used Coleman as the battering ram in 2019. That was, that was ridiculous. Now he's the change of pace back, as he was in Atlanta. The turf is what caused the injury for E-Man. That turf is ridiculous. What is with this turf? This owner is worth $10 billion. Charlotte is a nice city. I mean, there's good weather, and they can't afford turf? I mean, they can't afford grass? I don't get that. That's disgusting. Sorry, Emmanuel Mosley. Aaron Banks is legit. Is he? That's cool. That's cool. I, he is doing a good job so far. I mean, he hasn't done a bad job yet. I'd like to see a little bit more, though. Nassim says, Grant, after seeing Jimmy G go 3-1 this season, could have been 4-0, would you still want Trey to start over Jimmy? Yes. Yes. I do. I would. I do. But we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. But yeah, there's no question. Thank you, Isaiah. Grant is right. Jennings is faster than Kittle now. Oh, there's no question about it. There's absolutely no question about it. Last thing I want to talk about. So Eric Armstead could go on injured reserve with plantar fasciitis, and J Javon Kinlaw has a fluid buildup in his knee, which could be serious, uh, especially coming off an ACL reconstruction, which the 49ers said would fix his knee completely and that he wouldn't have setbacks. Well, he's having a setback. When these injuries happen, a lot of Niner fans are very upset. Like, what are we going to do without Eric and, and Kinlaw? And Eric Armstead in particular, a lot of Niner fans feel like he's a great player. Impact player, top 10 defensive lineman, uh, great against the run, underrated against the pass. I mean, he's missed. The, he, he, he didn't play in this game. The Niners shut down the run and had success. He didn't play last week, and they were great. Again, I mean, their defense was great. This is what I've always said about Eric Armstead. He doesn't make a big impact. Is he a good player? Yeah. Can you tell when he's on the field? No. Are the, fine, are the Niners fine without him? Absolutely. I mean, for example, let's just take the run defense. Because a lot of people say, you know, he's not really paid to sack the quarterback. He's a run defender. Their run defense doesn't miss a beat without him. 
So to me, he is a him and Kinlaw are two down run stuffers. On third down, you're better off taking them off the field and putting uh, out Charles Amenahu and Drake Jackson at defensive tackle because both of them are a lot quicker than Kinlaw and Armstead. And that's what they did in this game. They put Jackson and Amenahu in the middle on third down, and those guys were really effective. Got a lot of pressure. So, I mean, those guys, you don't need them as pass rushers. Armstead should not be making $17 million a year. You don't need him to rush the quarterback. He's not that good at it. And you have better options. Only reason he's out there on third down is because you gave him all that money. And what's crazy is you can't get rid of him next year. He's got like a $24 million cap hit. He's got to be here next year. He's got plantar fasciitis. They can get rid of him in two years, but not until then. I mean, the good news is the Niners don't really need these two defensive tackles. They had Kevin Givens and... Hassan Ridgeway, who were just good, plenty good enough against the run. Then you bring in Drake Jackson and Charles Amenehu. That's actually, to me, that might even be an upgrade. I like the platoon of those four players over just playing Armstead and Kinlaw 100% of the snaps. And what the Niners need to realize is that they do a great job of drafting and developing defensive tackles later in the draft. No reason to draft a nose tackle in the first round ever again. Or a defensive tackle. Unless that guy is someone you feel is going to be a real legit pass rusher like DeForest Buckner. But if you're just drafting a run defender, you can. the Niners have shown they can get those guys later in the draft and develop them. Kevin Givens, undrafted. Hassan Ridgeway, free agent. No reason to ever spend a number one pick. Here's where the Niners got where they messed up. You know, a lot of people say they shouldn't have Signed DeForest Buckner is too expensive. Okay, fine. Fair enough. That doesn't mean you got to sign Armstead. He's also too expensive for a defensive tackle. A player, a, a position that gets hurt a lot. And when you trade Buckner, you don't have to spend that position on that. You don't have to spend that pick on another defensive tackle. Just because you got rid of one. The Niners could have had Tristan Wirfs, Justin Jefferson. Think about the people they could have signed with the money they gave to Eric Armstead. So what they've learned is the defensive tackle is the running back of the defense. It's important, but you can get those guys later on and you do not want to spend big capital on them because they get hurt. So they learned something. That's good. Learning is good. Uh, let's take the final questions and then get out of here. Niners need to get a punter who can kick goals. Uh, yeah, and one who doesn't have a bum knee. We forgot we have Kalia Davis redshirting. See what I'm saying? They do this and he's going to be good too. Armstead, when he's uh, on, he's dope, but he rarely is. Yeah, he's on like four games a year. And you're paying him 17. He's going to make $24 million next year to have four good games, if that. Jared says Armstead is an above-average D-line. He does his job. He's not an impact player like Aaron Donald. Tell me I'm wrong. That's what I'm saying. Good player, does his job, not an impact player. They're fine without him. Frankly, better without him on third down. Well, I see it. Uh, the one game Kyle listens to you and Jimmy takes deep shots, they get into the 30s. We never see 30-plus. I know. You're welcome. I did a great job this week in quality control. Everyone complained about Trey's wobble, but every Jimmy throw was a wobbler too. It's ridiculous how Trey got overanalyzed for everything and everyone just fawns over Jimmy. Oh, look at him. He's trying so hard. A lot of people look at Jimmy like he's their little brother or something. Um, yeah, yeah, yep, 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 yep. All right. That's the show. I got to go. Um, thanks for watching. Have a great night. The Niners are three and two. They're on, a, they're on a winning streak. They've won two games in a row. Will they make it three next week? I guess we'll find out. Stay tuned.
I'll be back tomorrow with Ryan Hensley at 11. Check it out.